You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics, in all honesty. I'm your host, Maurice Young. So before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to recognize one of the companies that Young Honest Mother partners with in order to support the show. One of my goals in creating Young Honest Mother was to help introduce my audience to other brands that are just as committed to telling it like it is and serving their communities in all honesty. And I'm excited today to share about Beauty Counter, the company I've been partnering with since 2017. When I was pregnant with Milo, I found out from my midwife that I should pay more attention to the personal care products I was using every single day because a lot of the ones that we can find in grocery stores and beauty supply shops can often contain ingredients that have been linked to things like cancer, infertility, and hormone imbalance, just to name a few. And that really opened my eyes to looking at my health in a whole new way. Our skin is our largest organ, and so what we put onto it matters. And I love that Beauty Counter creates high-performing personal care products, everything from skincare to makeup to body lotions and men's grooming products and products for babies and children that never contain approximately 1,500 questionable or harmful ingredients. In partnering with Beauty Counter, I am pledging my voice and my efforts to help get safer products into the hands of everyone. And that includes you. So if you would like personalized recommendations as to the safer products that would be best for you and your family, just send me an email at maris at youngbeautycounter.com or take a look at my website at youngbeautycounter.com or just click the links in the show notes. And now on to today's show. Well, hello there and Happy New Year, or as Milo likes to say, Happy New You. I'm excited to kick the year off with this episode, another solo show, and I think this time of year can feel differently for different types of people, of course. I know that there are some people who are really big into making New Year's resolutions, and the year feels fresh and exciting and motivating because it feels like yet another blank slate where we can resolve to do things better, to behave better, and to really show up as a new and improved version of ourselves. And on the flip side, I know that there are other people who tend to find January 1st an arbitrary date and really wonder as to why people make this day in particular such a big deal because, because well, frankly, every day could be considered a blank slate. And for still others, it can be a time filled with a lot of self-doubt and self-deprecation because perhaps the year didn't go as planned. It didn't turn out to yield the types of results that they were looking for. And so why even bother setting out to resolve to be better when you can't even really be in control of things anyways? And I think those are all valid points, to be honest. And as someone who who does tend to set resolutions and, and see the new year with fresh eyes, 
I am also at the same time someone who really struggles with not letting my sense of accomplishment be too tied into my sense of self-worth. And that's something that I've been working on a lot recently and not really because I wanted to, which such is life. And um, it reminds me of how every year my sister-in-law invites me over along with some of her friends for a vision board party. Now, if you're not familiar with vision boards, they are a fun way to kind of create a collage, if you will, of visuals, pictures, images, um, drawings, illustrations of various elements that you envision your year including. Last year, I found myself sitting at her dining room table amongst a handful of women, and I had magazines to my left, to my right, scissors, glue, all the sorts of crafting materials I could have imagined. And still, I could not conjure up a vision of what I wanted my life to look like in 2019. And it was really devastating, honestly, to sit with the fact that I didn't know where I wanted to be. And then beyond that, to be okay with not knowing and letting things kind of rise and fall as they would. I'm someone who loves to have a plan. And 2018, taking it back a couple of years, was a really rough year because my whole plan for life came to an abrupt halt. It was the year we moved in with my parents. It was the year that my husband got into a car accident. And it also, it, it just, all of these events that I hadn't envisioned taking place that year really shook me up. And through my sense of identity, my sense of um, value into question, and that turbulence carried over into 2019. So when I was sitting at my sister-in-law's table thinking about what I wanted to envision for 2019, I just felt like, why even bother? You know, I had a vision for how my life was going to go, and it looks nothing like that. So why why should I even attempt to envision anything for my life? Because everything is just so up in the air right now. And at the end of the day, there are so many things I don't actually have control over. And 2019 was really a year of sitting with that uncertainty and allowing myself to move through that without a plan. Shocking, right? At least it was for me. And I have to say that while I left the vision board party of 2019 with a sparsely populated vision, a lot of the things that I experienced in that year helped me to clarify my next steps. And so I think it's important as we find ourselves yet again at the beginning of another year to remember that it's okay to not have a vision for exactly what you would like your life to look like. It's in those moments of pause those moments of reflection that we can gain more clarity as we start to get still and listen to the interests that are tugging at our heart sleeves, as we start to observe what kinds of feelings are starting to rise to the surface. All of those can be clues as to what direction we want to take our lives in. And something that I also wanted to mention about resolutions, which, by the way, if you're a word person like me, I like to know the definitions of things. 
So the definition of a resolution, or at least one of them, is a firm decision to do or not to do something. And I think it's important to keep that definition in mind because a lot of what I see this time of year is people resolving to do or not do something, which is fine. But I also think there's something to be said about digging a little deeper and asking ourselves how we want to feel about our lives, how we want to show up in our lives. In other words, not everything about our lives has to be centered around taking action. And I think for this year, what I'm focusing on is a one-word theme, which I've done in years past, but I usually accompany this word with a list of things to do. And as an Enneagram type three, which is the achiever type, I have become aware in recent years that having a to-do list can often be a distraction for me personally, because I get caught up in checking things off just for the sake of checking things off. And it's really important that I take a moment before I even set up a to-do list to identify whether or not the things on that list have anything in common with how I actually want to feel about my life. It's important for me to anchor myself in my values without tying them inextricably to my worth. Because I am quick to feel like, wow, look, I've crossed everything off my list. Such a good person. Wow, I'm really feeling good about myself. And the reverse is, if I don't get to everything on my list, I've also, in years past, been quick to criticize myself and really tear myself down because look at all the things I didn't do that year. And so this year, I'm doing things a little bit differently. I'm not going to create a strict to-do list. I'm going to focus on my one-word theme for the year. And in the vision board party that I'm excited to attend this year in 2020, I'll let that word that represents how I want to feel throughout 2020 help guide me towards the things and the behaviors and in some cases, the actions that I want to take throughout this year. So without further ado, my word of 2020 is honor. And this word was coming up a lot for me in the last couple months of 2019. And the definition that I choose to go along with honor, my word of 2020, is to regard with great respect. And I chose this word because towards the end of 2019, I really started to see some breakdowns in the way that I was feeling about myself, my family, my life. And and after reflecting with my husband, I realized that I wasn't doing the greatest job at making myself feel honored. And I'm choosing to let this word permeate into various domains of my life because Without a central respect for ourselves, it's really difficult to show up ready to serve, to contribute, to love, to support those around us. And so I'm starting somewhat controversially, hopefully not, because I'd love to be beyond the phase of women in particular feeling like taking care of themselves is selfish. But I'm going to start with myself. I'm going to start with finding ways to feel that I'm honoring myself 
And so I'm going to be talking more about that as we go along. So make sure you're following me over on Instagram at Young Honest Mother. But I'm so excited. And I think that this is going to be such a revolutionary word to focus on for this year because I've been feeling so depleted, so down on myself. And in turn, that often ripples out into how I treat not just myself, but my my loved ones, my family, my husband, my son, my community at large, and the ways in which I'm hoping to honor myself, I know will serve to replenish my self-esteem, my motivation to do good deeds, my exuberance at living my life. And beyond that, this word is not solely self-serving. I'm also going to be looking for ways to honor my husband, to honor my family, to honor my community. And I'm very excited to dig more deeply into how that plays out with all of you. So tell me, are you someone who likes to have resolutions for the year? Do you stay clear of them completely? Or are you someone who would rather choose one word to focus on rather than a list of things to do or not do? You can screenshot you listening to this episode and tag me with your responses or stay tuned for a personalized template that I share on social media in conjunction with these episodes because I find that Instagram story templates, Facebook story templates are just a quick, fun, and easy way to share your thoughts with not just me, but also the people in your community as well. And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast, which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at Young Honest Mother. And then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time, I'm your host, Maurice Young. Young.